So the whole thing about wholesaling is it's right property, right buyer, right time. And you need those three things to come together and to put that right buyer, the one who's going to pay you the most money for this property is to have a wide net. So the larger your buyer's list, the easier it is to find that buyer for the right property at the right time. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling. Well, hey there, and welcome back to the Wholesaling Inc. podcast. I am your host, Grace Mills of REI Radio 2.0. On this episode today, having had a really, really great conversation with the disposition manager. Now, we've covered the basics, you know, previously, and maybe some of you have already got a basic understanding of dispositions, but I really want to reel this back to focus on where you're going to make your money and making the most money. And that is actually in the buyers or just your buyers list. How to find buyers, especially if you're new, can be really tricky to figure out and kind of navigate with finding your footing. But you can have all the greatest marketing in the world running. You can be on radio, do cold calling, direct mail, and you'll end up with a quite a few buckets of properties and sellers who are going, hey, I'm motivated and I'm ready to make a move. But if you don't know how to move those properties, you're at a loss because the money again is going to be in the actual buyers, the buyers you find. Now diving into that is how do you find those actual buyers? So I pulled on again, our disposition manager, Krista here, just to share in terms of Krista's background, what really you should be focusing on. And I definitely want to make sure that you guys understand how radio can also help with that as well. But Krista, would you say that there are maybe one or two or three things maybe someone should be focusing on as a new investor or what basic understanding do you think that they need prior to finding those buyers? So the whole thing about wholesaling is it's right property, right buyer, right time. And you need those three things to come together and to put that right buyer, the one who's going to pay you the most money for this property is to have a wide net. So the larger your buyer's list, the easier it is to find that buyer for the right property at the right time. So we know from investing that people will buy properties, they'll flip them, and then they'll look for another project. But you can't always count on a couple of people being in the right position to take on the properties you have under contract. Again, the larger the buyer's list, the easier it is to move your property. And buyer's lists, really the management, it breaks down into three parts. And that is getting the names for your list, compliance with those names, and using metrics to improve your list and do the most efficient marketing you can with the most information you have. So for anyone that was, you know, kind of missed that and or needing to grab a pen and paper to kind of jot that down, can you just say that one more time? That was names, that was compliance and metrics to improve your buyer's list. You have to figure out the names of those actual buyers. Correct. And of course, the easiest way to grow your buyer's list is people get to know you and they start calling you and saying, hey, can I get on your list? And that's great. That means that people are noticing you 
and they realize you have a good product to push. And, you know, it's usually word of mouth. And, you know, all wholesalers, investors tend to know each other in your area. So once you get under one person's radar, they'll be like, hey, I've been looking at this one wholesaler. They've had great prices in the areas you're looking at. You should get on their list. So that's one way. And so when they opt in, you know, usually you can do it from a website. That's easier. And then you can always direct people to your website to join your buyers list. You can put something at the bottom of your marketing. Do you want to be on our buyers list? Because we know people forward marketing flyers to others. So an easy way just to gather names that way is to have them opt in from a website. Okay. And another way to get names is to be part of an active Facebook group. And you can say, hey, I have a growing buyers list. Who would like to be on it? You'll be surprised at how many hundreds of people in those Facebook groups. They want to be on everybody's list because they're looking for the best deal. I agree. There are so many different Facebook groups out there and it's free to join right? Best word ever, F-R-E-E. It's free to jump in there and actually join. And you can join multiple actual Facebook groups. There are some Facebook groups that are, you know, kind of nationwide and open to wholesalers, investors, and, you know, real estate entrepreneurs. There are those that are a little bit more state specific. You could probably find a California wholesaling group, a Texas wholesaling group, and then even the groups that are a little bit more specific and more city-based or cover a particular particular region or metro area. So there's a lot of options. Christy, in your experience, was there one type of, you know, Facebook group that you found that worked really well? Or is there a certain way that someone maybe even needs to approach their messaging within that Facebook group that could help or actually hurt their chances of building the list once they're there? First off, I wouldn't limit yourself to just Dallas's Facebook because We have buyers that don't live in Dallas, but there's a good return on investment there. And they may be based in several cities. And we have one buyer who actually represents 15 investors out of China, and they're looking in several major cities. So don't limit yourself. If there's an area, a larger Facebook that covers maybe the Southwest, if you're in Arizona or the Northeast. Think big because people may be interested in your area and you're giving them an opportunity to see what you have to market. And as for the message in the Facebook, I would be honest. I am a wholesaler. I have great properties and I want to move them quick. Who wants to be on my buyers list? And I would say, you know, maybe I'm in the St. Paul area or Chicago area. Because not everybody wants to see everything, but you'll get from one message, you know, at least 25 names. And again, it's word of mouth. Those 25 people tell three people each or forward your flyer and people go to your website to join. So those 25 people turn into 75 more people and your list grows, you know, exponentially and very quickly. Yeah. And even then, I'd say in plenty of wholesaling and real estate, 
Facebook groups, before even needing to kind of throw that message out there, you could just scrub it. And some people have already left, you know, some of their email addresses already there. And that makes it maybe even like a soft intro where you could just PM them directly as well, because they've already, you know, dropped their email addresses under someone else's content already open and looking for properties. It might be even a warmer relationship for you to be able to build because you see that person is already actively responding to other people in the Facebook group and looking for properties Say, hey, you know, I saw you know, replied to such and such as posts like, hey, I am a a wholesaler in XYZ area. I've got some properties that I'm looking to move as well. Love to add you to my buyers list as well. Exactly. And asking permission is the soft part of compliance. You always want to make sure you have someone's permission to add them to your list. Why would you say that that becomes problematic? Because if I'm a new investor, I'm just kind of looking to build up my list and there's already email addresses sitting in Facebook, you know, why would it be problematic for me to just collect those emails where I found them and just go ahead and add it? There's developing regulations against that. Just like with cold calling, if you add someone to your emailing list and they report you as spam, it is going to cause you problems in the long run. Maybe your marketing program will not let you send out marketing flyers, or maybe your email provider cuts you off. So the ability to get people's permission and have them do the sign up, like through your website or raising their hand in a Facebook group, it just cuts down on the problems in the future. So going through and just taking emails without permission will grow your buyers list, but it also raise your spam reportings and people will just not engage. Mm, Definitely can understand that. And I'm glad you kind of hit on the regulations piece and this ever changing market, especially state to state, you know, every state is starting to handle wholesaling and investors differently with the way that you're communicating, the type of marketing you're doing, the number of transactions you can or cannot do with or without an actual license. So if this is something that you're looking at to go, hey, this is, you know, you're trying to grow it as an actual business, right? You're not trying to come in and only make one or two, you know, checks. So, you know, if that's the case, you probably are the type of person to not care, although it could still affect you legally, you know, (laughs) on that side. But if you are looking at this and going, hey, I could really make this into something. I want to really grow my wholesaling business. I want to maybe expand into rentals or build my rental portfolio, whatever that looks like. If you know that you are looking at real estate as a long-term move for you, then this is definitely something you don't want to kind of gloss over. In that case, it does sound really easy to jump in and just get started that way by collecting a couple of emails that are just sitting in there. But to Chris's point, you have to be careful with the way things are becoming a little bit more regulated and that in terms of wholesaling, everyone's wanting to move into ethical wholesaling, right? Doing it the right way. You know, Chris, is there anything you can add to that? Yes. I am going to add that don't discount newbie investors. I adore newbies. They always pay top price. It's those experienced investors that want to haggle down the price. So don't disregard Facebook groups that are for newbies. Love newbies. Newbies are your best friend. And also, they're the ones that are going to openly share with others. A doctor wants to invest his money, so he's getting his toe in the water. It's his first deal. He sends your flyer to all his doctor friends. Again, it goes back to that networking. And again, if they are opting in, it falls into that compliance piece that makes your life easier. 
Couldn't agree more. Absolutely. Again, if this is something you're looking at growing long term, you want to go about it as ethical as you can, as the ever changing laws and regulations. So you just don't get yourself caught up in a bad net. <laughs> there are buyers out there who will very happily opt into your list, especially, like I said, if you already notice in Facebook, they're already actively responding to everyone else. There's no different um, because that just means for the buyer that there's another opportunity from them to make additional money by grabbing on to other properties, by not missing out on being on someone else's buyer's list, right? There's no fee involved for them. It's no risk to the buyer to just opt in and start receiving some updates from you and what's on your actual list there. Now, I know, Krista, you said the third piece of that is using metrics. And are you looking at the actual, you know, let's say if someone was sending out flyers, are you looking at the metrics from that standpoint or what metrics are you kind of sizing up in this process? Looking at metrics using a program that tells you how many people have opened a flyer and maybe you pull your last five flyers and pull all the names of people who didn't open and then you target them specifically. We added you to our VIP list. We have this hot property. Anything to engage with your buyer and metrics allows you to do that. It sees who's opening. It sees how long they're looking at it. And you can come back to that information and begin to cultivate your buyer's list. Like maybe you want to look at the metrics of to see who opened property. For us, it would maybe be Arlington. And so I can see everyone who opened a property in Arlington. I then have a property in Arlington. I can target those people specifically. And if that is their area of interest, they're willing to pay more for a geographical area that they're interested in. So metrics can help you make more money. Absolutely. Now, you know, again, as people are building their list for the first time, now that they have those three things down, like, hey, I need to, you know, find the actual names of people to collect and make sure that it's still compliant, like get them to opt in, which is super free. Hey, you know, I'm a wholesaler in XYZ area. I got some properties. I'm looking to move them quickly. Who wants to join my actual list? Easy peasy. You actually get them added. Where are they potentially adding it? If I'm doing this for the first time, why would a spreadsheet not be a good idea? Why would not just keeping them in an email tablet, which is the best place to plop these things down in so that I can actually see and track metrics? So the program we use is Active Campaign, and we can add people, we can build different lists, I can target them, you know, I can pull everybody who opens an email in Arlington or people who haven't opened an email in six months and build separate lists off of that. And we find that active campaign works really well for us in that aspect. Yeah. Not only are you able to target it by area, but you can also do certain properties. If you know that there are buyers on your list that really love rentals and you just got your hand. <laughs> and we've done that in the past as well. We've gotten a property that has a renter in it with long-term lease. We know who's interested in that. We have a separate list for everything. I have a list for people who only buy single stories with doors facing west. Whoa, that's targeted. <laughs> yes. And when I get a property that meets their qualifications, it only has like nine names on it. I can quickly pull up that, send them a special flyer and probably get top dollar without even doing a showing. And I love what you said earlier about you want to make sure that you are casting a wide net there, which means you're constantly building up that list. It's not you're going to jump in. Yes. And, right. You know, 
what would you say is, um, again, if I'm kind of using you to build metrics for the first time, what metrics should they be looking at in terms of, hey, I'm just getting started for the first time. So is there a number of Facebook groups at a minimum they should, hey, like today, if you can stop, go ahead and join, you know, 10 Facebook groups and make sure that you join at least 10 per day. And by the end of 30 days, they should have a list of XYZ number. Is there a metric that they could at least follow to get them started? I think it's really where you're comfortable. I think a lot of people would hear join 10 Facebook groups a day, overwhelming. So, you know, are you starting out? Find one Facebook group that's active. You know, I would look and see, make sure there's active people in there and also look at the number of people. If there's 10 people, why bother? Mm. If there's 250 people, definitely worth your time. Go in one a day, introduce yourself, saying what you're doing saying I'm building a buyer's list, I'm really targeting in this area, who wants to join? It doesn't hurt to ask. Definitely. And people will raise their hand. Really, as you get started, the metric you want to watch, of course, is open rate. Mm. You don't, if you are limited as you start out, how many marketing flyers you can send out, maybe based on the program you're using, then cultivate it. If they don't open three flyers, move them to an archive list. Never turn loose of them. Again, it goes back to right buyer, right time, right property. Maybe those people are just not the right time for them. So don't ever turn loose of a number or an email address, but and continue to build. But you want to use your metrics to cultivate the best buyers list you have. Got it. And I know we talked a lot about, you know, the different ways that you can potentially pull in a buyer. Just in your experience, you know, with your actual list, did you find that, you know, there was a source that pulled in a better quality of buyers and maybe even a buyer that had more access to funds? Like, was there a particular source that you would say was probably like one of your go-to sources that ended up helping you really build up a quality list? Really, the quality buyers we've gotten have come from referrals someone that bought from us or someone who's been on our list for a while, just saying, hey, I work with Krista over at COSA Investments. You need to get on her list. So those are the best quality. But I think quality always comes from people who come to us. Mm, got it. And they can't come to you if they don't know who you are. And that's where those Facebook groups come in and getting your message out, which you do with radio. People have to know your name. Maybe they're not selling a home, but they're always interested in buying. So they're going to hear your radio ad and they're going to want to be on your list because this person's advertising on radio. Absolutely. Radio is another great way for you to find buyers. Now, that sounds crazy. You're like, what? I can find buyers on radio? Yeah, absolutely. Radio is humongous for credibility. Just like what Krista said, a part of those referrals is the fact that there is credibility involved. They're getting a referral from you from someone that they trust who already worked with you so that they verify the fact that you're credible and you're trustworthy to work with those buyers, right? Radio is the same way. You're going to take advantage of the fact that those stations have been established for so many years that you're going to go in and advertise on those stations and borrow, <laughs> you know, some equity, you know, if you will, in terms of their credibility to build up your own. And when people hear you on radio, they're going to go, well, hey, I, you know, if they're on radio, I know they got to be legit. If they're on this station, the station that, you know, I've been listening to for X, Y, Z amount of time, I know it's something to take seriously because they're advertising on this actual station that I've been listening to. And 
And buyers are no different than sellers, right? A seller is going to feel super comfortable giving you a call and going, hey, I've got a property to sell. I've heard your ad that you buy homes for cash. The same way that a buyer, you know, can naturally, you can pick up a buyer and they go, hey, I've heard your ad a few times here. You know, I figured if you're buying homes for cash, you probably have a list as well. You know, is that something that you can actually get me added on to? And that definitely happens quite often. <laughs> what people it does. realize is that they're happily call you to say, yeah, I've heard you quite a few times. You must be, or they'll assume that you're a big player in the market as well. I've definitely heard that. But hey, you know, I, now that I've heard you on the radio, I wasn't super familiar with you before, but you've got to at least be a big player if you're on radio. Hey, is there a list you, um, that you can add me on to? I'd love to be a part of your network. Right. And now, you know, with radio specifically, let's say you genuinely are like, hey, what if I only want to use radio to purely drive my buyers list up? You can definitely do so. It's no different. You are still going to pinpoint a target audience that puts you most likely in front of, you know, the most buyers as possible because those demographics are slightly different. The type of sellers that will, you know, want to sell their homes for you for cash is one type of person. But if you're really like, hey, no, I want to 100% own this as a process to find as many buyers that I can, definitely doable radio, pinpoint a target audience, and you're just going to slightly tailor your message, similar to what Chris had mentioned, of that line you're going to add to the bottom of your flyers of, hey, please, you know, forward this over, or, you know, if you are not on our actual buyers list and you would like to be added on, please reply back or at least subscribe to the actual flyers or sign up here to the buyers link. You're going to do the same thing in a radio ad. You're going to point out who you are and roughly where you're at and what you do, and then go, hey, you know, I'm always looking for buyers, vendors, contract, whatever it is that you want to specify in that message. And that is a great way to add buyers onto your list as well. And then it all still compounds. As Krista mentioned, a lot of those referrals get built up and that's where a lot of the quality buyers and Krista's experience that she has pulled in have come off of those referrals. But you got to at least get your toe out there and get started. <laughs> people know that you exist and know what you can't build the buyers list if nobody knows who you are absolutely <laughs> you got to know who you are what you do where you're at and how to actually get in contact with you or how to get added to your buyers list just jumping into a facebook group going hey everybody i'm a new wholesaler and leaving it there is not going to help you where are you wholesaling is there a market you focus on is there a type of property that you have a specialty in or like krista said are you just casting a wide net you have to let people know who you are what you do and how to again get get themselves back on there. That is where you're going to get your max profits, right? That's why, you know, for Krista, I wanted to figure out where it's the best source because buyers have money, but... <laughs> Their access to funds, you know, will actually vary there. And if you want to maximize your actual profits and get max opportunity out of the leads you're already generating through your marketing, you definitely want to make sure that you're building up as quality of a buyer's list as possible. Before we wrap up, Krista, is there any pointers or last notes you think that really need to be understood, you know, in terms of this process? I really think that people fail to see the value in their buyer's list because every buyer in your list is just money. It's like leads. It's just in a different form. And you need to respect that list and cultivate it and care for it just like you do a seller's relationship. Couldn't agree more. There's value in building relationships. You build the right quality yes. relationships, the money is there. If you start off with just chasing it purely at a dollar, you don't care to be compliant, you don't care how you've been presenting yourself, you're going to end up getting a really bad rep and losing some credibility there, which again, hurts you on the back end. <laughs> exactly. It definitely won't hurt you and, on the back end. You know, we have run into investors that we won't do business with again, and because it's we value our reputation. We don't want to be seen as purely 
predatory. People tend to see wholesalers that way. And we're in business, but we want to do good business. And that starts with who we do business with. Absolutely. You got to value relationships and value doing good business. And again, like the quality will go from there and your ability to really maximize your profits. Well, this is a really great conversation, Chris. And I'm Thank you so much for being hopping on, you know, to talk about this today with us and the actual wholesaling Inc. audience and shout outs to you guys out there in the Rhino tribe. Like we really love being able to hop on and provide as much value as possible to you guys. And so, you know, this was just another really great conversation, you know, and if radio again, radio is the one marketing tool that everyone knows about, but no one is using. There's very little competition. It's not the first thing that people are thinking about when they go, hey, I want to, you know, really grow my wholesaling business and generate some leads. A lot of people miss the fact that radio is a really great inbound marketing channel that'll have those leads calling you for once. So if you are more interested in finding out a little bit more info about it, feel free to jump over to the website that is wholesalinginc.com forward slash radio. That's wholesalinginc.com forward slash radio. We'll catch you guys on the next podcast. Thank you. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at wholesalinginc.com by joining the mailing list as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe and work personally with one of our amazing coaches. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.